Perfectionism is holding you back. It's making you feel stuck in indecision. It causes you to spend way too much time preparing and researching. It causes you to beat yourself up when you fail and when you don't get to the desired result. Perfectionism is at the root of so many imbalanced behaviors that it would be hard for you to experience the full joy of life and feel true balance without addressing your perfectionist tendencies. On today's podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you the truth about perfectionism, what it is, exactly why you need to be working on it, and I'll give you two very specific exercises to help you overcome it. You ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Podcast, the place for women who want to balance their ambitious career goals with their life as a mom. If you're looking to feel more confident, decisive, and productive at both work and home, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Rebecca Olson. Let's get to it. Hello, working moms. I hope you're having a great day today. I don't know about you, but in California, in the Bay Area, we have had our first rain over the weekend. And there's this little glimmer of fall approaching. And it's always really funny to me because I'm never ready for summer to be over. I'm always wanting to be at the beach and have as many beach days as possible, particularly as summer is coming to the close. And I'm always really, really excited for the fall. It's like a both and. I'm really sad and I get really, really excited. I love the fall. I love the rain. I love the colder weather. I like bundling up and drinking warm tea. I like stomping in the puddles. I like the changing leaf colors. <laughs> it's just so funny to me because I do just love every season and get excited about every season, at least what I experience of them here in California. So we had our first rain over the weekend, but today we're back to like 75 degree weather with the expectation of it's probably going to get into the 90s again this weekend. You know, the weather is just so crazy. <laughs> and I want to take a moment and celebrate one of my clients who just recently got promoted. What I love about this remarkable woman is that she didn't even know this promotion was coming. She's one of those dedicated and loyal, like, get your work done. It doesn't surprise me that she wasn't even aware this promotion was really possible for her right now because she's just so focused on serving and loving what she's doing and just feeling more confident in what she was doing. And this is just one of the things that happens in coaching all of the time. You get so focused on loving what you're doing, showing up in the most powerful way possible, that promotions come easier and they come when you least expect it. Because people begin to recognize the impact that you're making in greater ways because you yourself are recognizing your impact in greater ways. It's just so good. I'm so excited for her. Last week on the podcast, we talked about people-pleasing. And when I wrote that podcast, I didn't intend for it to be a series of podcasts, but it's going to kind of turn out to be a three-part series. And I'm really excited about that. I find that there are three kind of buckets of behaviors that make balance really difficult for women. And the first is people-pleasing. We talked about that last week. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's totally okay. You can listen to this one and then go back and listen to that one. For sure, you are going to want to do that. And we talked about why people-pleasing leads to imbalance. And today, we're going to talk about the second behavior, which is perfectionism. I'm going to tell you the truth of what perfectionism really is. I'm going to show you exactly 
how it has been holding you back from experiencing the life that you lead. And I want to cover a couple of ways that you can start to work on your own perfectionism behavior. And then next week, I'm going to finish out this little three-part series by talking about what I call hyper-doing. That's this almost uncontrollable feeling that we get, like we just need to get one more thing done. We just want that to-do list to be at zero as fast as possible. So I'm going to talk about the truth of that next week. So tune in then as well. Okay, so perfectionism. This is such an important topic to talk about, and it is near and dear to my heart because I identify myself as being a perfectionist. (laughs) I am working on my perfectionist behaviors. I'm very clued into what they are. I know exactly how they're holding me back. I know how I have been able to change some of them around and how I work on them. And I want to share all of that here in this podcast today. Now, most people, when they think about perfectionism, they think about it as being someone that needs things to be perfect or as perfect as possible. There's almost this kind of stereotypical almost like OCD kind of image we have of perfectionists. The room has to look a very specific way. Their clothes and the way they dress has to be a certain way. They will rewrite and rewrite and rewrite something until I feel like it's at its absolute best. They strive for the best always. They're not just the A student. They're like the A plus student. They want to be at the top of their class. They want to be the best in their sport. And even though the term perfect is obviously used in the word perfectionism, it's not really about getting something perfect. The truth about perfectionism is not that you need to get things perfect. It's that you need to get things right. That's very different. The need to not be wrong, the need to avoid failure at all costs. Perfectionists have a very low tolerance for failure and they have a very low tolerance for risk. And that avoidance of failure and risk, it causes all sorts of imbalance to pop up for them. And I work a lot with perfectionists because I think perfectionist people tend to also be overachievers. They're pushing themselves to get the A+. They're pushing themselves to be the best. They have this inner drive to do and be at the top. And the problem starts to come in for them when they become moms because all of a sudden, they have this little bitty baby that they want to spend all of their time and their energy with and they love so dearly and it has captured their heart. What usually that means is they can no longer put all of the time and energy that they once put into the activities they were doing before, whether that's their work, their job, their sport, their hobby, whatever it may be. They can't put all of themselves into that, all of their time and energy anymore, which means they no longer feel like they can be the best because they can't put all of themselves into it because they need to have something left over for their kid. Or they don't even have that drive anymore towards their goals, towards their career, towards whatever they were working towards before. And all of their energy is just like focused on this little baby. And then it gets really confusing. And there's almost this identity crisis that happens. I know for a lot of women, they experience that identity crisis. But for perfectionists, women in particular, I know that this comes up deeply. If you just can't achieve at the same level you were able to before, if you can't be as successful because you can't put in the time and the energy that you were able to before, it's like, who are you? Who am I now? Perfectionists have a whole lot of their identity wrapped up in their ability to achieve and get things right. And becoming a mom can be very confusing when your priorities really begin to shift at a very core level. And I think about some of my clients. I think about Hillary and Erica and Laura and Kelly and Lindsay, all of them, 
that came to me for coaching to help them overcome that fear of failure that was paralyzing them and keeping them from having the life that they wanted. And then there was some of my clients like Kim and Tuba and Nicole and Hillary who were all doing just like amazing things in their job, but they wanted to make some changes so that they stopped overworking and they would just reprioritize and spending more quality time with their kids. And they feared that they were no longer going to be seen as a leader or as really good in their job if they ended up shifting their priorities a little bit. And so they just kept on doing what they were doing, feeling really unhappy until... They hired me as a coach and we really worked through some of their perfectionist tendencies. And then there was Audra and Kate and another Kate (laughs) who was coming home from work every day feeling like they had let people down. Their brain was focused so much on what they didn't accomplish and how they maybe had gotten things wrong. And they just never felt good about anything that they did. It was never up to par. Like they were never meeting their own expectations. And so they were just walking around life, just always feeling like they weren't enough, like they were imposters almost in what they were doing. Oh my gosh, working moms. I could just go on and on. I could talk to you about so many of my clients that struggle with perfectionist tendencies and some of the things that we had to work on in coaching in order for them to have the life that they really wanted. I know from my own experience, my client's experience, that perfectionism gets in the way of our happiness. And most people don't even consider doing anything about it. They just kind of accept it. Like, this is just the way I'm in, right? I'm a perfectionist. I just need to get things right. You know, I'm just always worried about feeling like I am not doing my best. And and then they come to coaching and I show them that there's another way. And I'm going to share with you two things towards the end of this podcast that you can really do to start ending some of that perfectionism. But before we get there, before we start talking about how to shift perfectionist tendencies and the solution on some level to perfectionism, I want to talk more in detail about how perfectionism is getting in the way of you experiencing balance and happiness in the way that you want to. Because if your brain doesn't see this as a problem, it's not going to take the time and energy to do something about it in the end. Even if you are not a self-identified perfectionist, I think this podcast is still going to be really useful to you because I don't like to think about perfectionism as being black and white, like you either have it or you don't. I tend to think about it more like a spectrum. We all have a tendency towards perfectionism in some way. All of us have an avoidance of failure in some way and just this inner drive to want to be the best and to get things right. It's what makes us ambitious women. So we all exhibit some of these behaviors, and I want you to be able to self-identify what they are. You need to get nice and cozy with all of the things that are holding you back from having the life that you really want. And then the solutions that we're going to talk about in the end, the two of them are going to be really useful to you as well. So one of the first ways perfectionism is getting in the way of you experiencing balance and happiness and feeling like really in control of life is perfectionism causes indecision. A perfectionist always needs to be getting things right. They don't want to be wrong, which means they spend a lot of time trying to figure out what the right answer is before they take action. And pretty much every decision, it could be a small thing like where to go to dinner tonight or should I read to my kids or fold laundry right now? That's a decision that we have to make in the moment. Perfectionists get stuck in those decisions, like what's the right thing to do here in this moment? because they don't want to get it wrong. Or of course, there's lots of big decisions that perfectionists tends to get hung up on. Like, should I take this promotion? Should I change jobs? Should I go after this dream? They feel paralyzed because they don't want to fail. So that's the first behavior I want to point out. 
indecision. Perfectionists have a hard time making decisions. Now, if you find yourself to be someone that is constantly indecisive and has a hard time making decisions and is constantly second-guessing, this is a perfectionist tendency. You fall somewhere on the scale of perfectionism because that is for sure one of the attributes of a perfectionist. Perfectionists also tend to over-research and over-prepare, which means they waste a lot of time in the research and the preparing of almost anything. I remember when my husband and I needed to buy a new car, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours researching the best car for us to buy. It had to be economical. It needed to have good gas mileage. It needed to be safe. It needed to have a certain amount of trunk space and leg room. And my husband couldn't hit his head when he gets in because he's a really tall guy. You know, there was all these factors that needed to be involved. And I felt like I needed to look at all of the options out there to see which one was the best car for us when we were going to be spending thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on a car. I needed this peace of mind knowing that we were making the absolute best and right decision. But I was completely paralyzed by it. And I wasted so much time and energy trying to research every single option that was out there to try to get the best deal and to try to get the best of the best for us based on how much money we wanted to spend. I will say as a caveat, that was a low point, I would say, of my perfectionism. And I have come a long way in making way more confident and fast decisions about lots of things, including spending $20,000 or more on a car and not feeling the need to over-research and over-prepare in that way. Now, I tend to limit myself. If I know that I need to be researching something, I tell myself, this is how much time I'm going to give myself to do it, and then I'm going to be done. And that's as much data as I'm allowing myself to have to make a confident decision, and I'm just moving forward. Because more data does not result in any more of a right decision. All you're doing by researching is trying to make yourself feel better about a decision. Your brain thinks that if you have more data and you research longer, you're going to feel clearer and you're going to mitigate failure even more. But at what cost, ultimately? I remember my client Kathy would spend hours researching things. And she was telling me once about how she spent hours just researching her toddler's shoes and what kind of shoes he should have. Ultimately, when I asked her, what would you have done if you wouldn't have allowed yourself all of that time to research shoes? She paused and she said, I probably would have just spent more time with him. And that was ultimately what she wanted anyway, is to just be more present with him and to just spend more quality time with him. And that was the cost of all of her researching as she was taking all of this time and energy and mental space to research and feel more prepared so that she would feel more comfortable with her decision. But the cost was she was not having as much time with her family, her kids, doing things that she actually wanted to be doing. Perfectionists tend to over-research and over-prepare, which ends up being a waste of time and energy where their precious resources are being taken up on things that ultimately aren't really the priority. Another problem I see amongst perfectionists is that they lack a lot of self-trust. They depend on their research, on the amount of time that they work on something, on somebody else validating their work or their ideas in order to be and feel successful. And so they don't develop that muscle of trust in themselves, of making a decision based on the information they have right now and then moving forward despite the possibility that they may fail. That is self-trust, and it's a muscle. It's not something that comes naturally. It's something that you have to practice. And because perfectionists haven't really used that muscle all that much, they tend to question themselves. They tend to 
self-identify as being an imposter or saying that they lack confidence, right? They don't feel amazing about themselves all of the time because they're constantly seeking other people's validation. They're constantly needing other things to validate their own thoughts and their opinions, whether that's data or other people, in order to make a decision that they feel really good about or to just feel like they're doing things correctly, that they're doing things right. And so they just lack this self-trust that ends up being a really core piece of being and feeling really confident. Perfectionists also have a really hard time delegating because they can't ever control the outcome of someone else and their task and their work because that person may or may not do it in exactly the way that you want to do it. It becomes really difficult to delegate for perfectionists. But of course, delegating is a really important part of being able to move up in your career and being somebody that manages people in getting more responsibility, right? You have to actually learn how to delegate and do it well to know exactly what to delegate to help manage other people so that they have the right expectations. You have to learn how to equip them so that they're more successful. All the things that you have to do when you delegate and you move up in your career perfectionists have a difficult time doing because they think that other people's work and the outcome of their work is a personal reflection on them. And so in order to control the outcome at all costs, ultimately, they don't delegate and they just take on more work themselves and they overwork and they tend to work more hours than they want to or than they really should because they want to make sure the outcome is correct, is done in the way they want it to be done. You know, one of the perfectionists also tend to not be risk takers because they feel so paralyzed by the idea of failing or getting something wrong that they have a really hard time doing something new and pushing themselves beyond their comfort zone. But to have an ambitious and a big life, the life that I know you want as a working mom, to work your way up, to follow a dream, to make a really big impact in this world in the way that I know you want to, for life and work to feel deeply meaningful. It's going to require you stepping outside of your comfort zone and to do something probably you've never done before. You're going to have to learn how to take a risk. I remember one of the biggest things of perfectionism that held me back in my life is that I don't like to do things that I'm not already good at. This is still true today. I work on this constantly and I'm able to push through the discomfort of doing things that I'm not already good at, but that's because I've been practicing that. But it was one of the things that I really had to be very conscious about overcoming because perfectionists are so failure adverse. They don't like to commit to anything that they don't already know that they're going to be successful in. But what that has meant for me prior to really working on this is I spent a lot of time within my comfort zone. I used to describe my career path as being like the doors just kind of opened for me and I just walked through them. I picked this path and then somebody saw something in me and they offered me a job and then somebody else saw something in me and they offered me a job. It almost felt like it was happening to me versus me going after it because I was never really putting myself out there in the way that I maybe could have. I was never asking myself, what do I really want? What would it look like to push myself to move my way up in a way that I felt like I was in control of? Instead, I was just letting people offer things to me and I was just say, yes, sure, yes, sure. And I would do it because I was living within this zone of comfort, learning new skills, things like playing guitar or learning sports, things that I'm not already good at. Those were difficult for me in my life because 
I wasn't already good at them. It required practice and things that required practice. My brain kind of goes, oh, if you have to practice at this, you must not be good at it. And my brain didn't like that at all. And so I would kind of stay away from those types of things. I'm even thinking about the elections that are actually coming up soon, the midway elections. You know, it's difficult for me to even vote in elections. And let me be clear, I am a big advocate of voting and I vote in every election, but my brain always puts up this big fight because it never feels like I have enough time to research all of the propositions and all of the people. And I'm so afraid of making a wrong decision and I'm being the wrong side of a vote I get paralyzed in the process, and I've really had to learn how to contain the amount of time that I spend researching and learning how to just trust my own gut, my own opinion about things when it comes to elections in this case, so that I could participate in the election process. This has been something that I've had to overcome. I could see has held me back and how I have stayed in this safe zone. It really wasn't until I took the big leap to get my coaching certification, and then start a business that I began to practice kind of living outside of my comfort zone on a pretty regular basis. And I've gotten way more comfortable at it now that I don't feel so held back by it. I'm very clued into it when I'm holding myself back. And so I know how to push through that now. And it's ultimately one of the things I help my clients do. The last thing that I want to mention about perfectionism and how it's likely getting in the way of you experiencing balance and happiness as a working mom If you're a perfectionist, your self-worth is likely tied up in always being successful and never failing. So anytime that you do not get to a desired outcome in life, whether that's your kid throwing a tantrum because no mom wants that, of course, or someone in a meeting that has an opposing view than yours, or maybe you don't land the client or the deal, or not having a house as clean as you'd like, whatever the outcome is that you don't want, that you didn't hope for, What perfectionists do is they make that mean something very personal about them. Something's wrong with them. And failure becomes this very personalized thing around who you are as a human being instead of just what you do, ultimately. And the problem is, of course, most things in life you don't have complete control over. You can't control if your kid screams. You can't control if your partner helps out around the house. You can't control what other coworkers think or their opinions or what they say. You can't control if you're selected for a contract or a project. And the way that you start to feel about yourself gets wrapped up in the outcome. You're constantly feeling like you're not enough, that you're letting people down, like you're not meeting your full potential. And the reality is, you're probably not. (laughs) You are, in fact, missing out on the joy and the happiness and the possibility of doing really big things and pushing yourself and having even greater successes and accomplishments and joy in your life because who you are is wrapped up too much in the success or failure of your life. And this is such a good segue for us to start talking about what to do about perfectionism. I've spent a lot of time here talking about the negative parts of perfectionism, how it's getting in the way of you having the life that you wanted to have. And I really wanted to spend that time painting a picture for you of the kind of behaviors that tend to fall on the perfectionist scale. Because I think as women and for us as working moms, it keeps us from having the most amazing, wonderful, joy-filled life that is totally possible for us. And so that's what we really needed to do here today. We needed to spend some time painting a picture of what the problem is so your brain sees it as a problem and is more willing to accept to put in the effort of going through the solution. Because 
if perfectionism isn't really a problem and you're just willing to like deal with it or live with it, then likely you're just not going to put the energy and it doesn't really matter what the solution is. You're just going to hear it and it's going to go through one ear to the other because you're like, ah, that's not that big of a deal to me. It's not really affecting my life. It's not worth my energy. And so you don't do it. And so that's why it's really important. One of the things we do in coaching when there's a behavior or there's something that's going on in life that you don't want to be happening, we spend some time talking about why it's really a problem for you and how it's getting in the way. So your brain kind of goes, oh yeah, I thought this was a problem, but now I see how it's really holding me back and I don't want that anymore. And then your brain kind of goes, what can we do about this? And you feel the surge of motivation towards fixing it. And that's really what I wanted to do here is I wanted to give you a surge of energy around fixing some of your perfectionist tendencies, one, being able to identify them and then feeling some sense of motivation to fix it so you could see that on the other side of the energy output that you're going to put into fixing this perfectionist problem or behavior, whatever it is, there's good on the other side. There's better on the other side. It's worthwhile, ultimately, for you to put in that energy. So let's turn towards the solution. Because a perfectionist's identity is so wrapped up, is so found in their successes and their failures, the belief that a perfectionist needs to practice over and over and over and over again is, I am enough. It's one of the three core beliefs that I teach all of my clients in the enough triad. That is that you believe that I am enough, I am good enough, and I am doing enough. Those three beliefs, the enough triad, it's the heart of what I teach because it's so foundational to a balanced life. And for perfectionists, their focus is on that very first belief. I am enough. Now, this truly is the belief that you are enough, not because you do anything, not because you're successful in any way, not because you've accomplished things. It's just because you are, because you exist. You're a human being that has an immense amount of value. Now, I've done several podcasts on this subject of really believing that you are enough, of really separating yourself as a human being from the things that you do. And I will put a couple of those in the show notes for you if that resonates with you and you want to go back and really listen to some podcasts around separating those two things and really believing in a deep core way. I am enough. But for the sake of this podcast, I want to just talk about how important it is to be practicing that belief if you are a perfectionist. You have an immense amount of value because you're a human meat. And I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about how different your life would be. What specifically would you do differently if you truly embodied that belief? I am enough. Where you didn't go around worrying if you were getting things right, if you said something wrong, where you weren't so indecisive that it was so hard to make every little decision, where you weren't second-guessing all of your decisions all the time, where you truly didn't fear failure. You didn't feel held back by it at all. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter to you if you ever succeed or fail because you know that deep down in your bones, you are enough. You don't feel like you're lacking anything. There's just this true sense of sufficiency. Can you picture that life? Can you picture how different that life would be if you really lived in that truth, in that belief? A big part of ending perfectionist behavior is practicing this belief always and in every situation. It's retraining your brain to think about yourself differently, not through the lens of the things that you do and through your successes and your failures, but through a different lens, one that is just focused on your innate qualities and strengths, the things that you bring to the table just because you show up. 
the things that make you amazing and unique, your superpowers, as I like to sometimes call them. You know, with all of my clients, I actually name those things with them, right? It's so important to have language to describe your innate uniqueness. I work with my clients for six months and we spend our first few sessions really honing in on language that describes how amazing and how unique they are. I want them to have an arsenal of thoughts about themselves where they feel in awe of who they are and wonder in who they are. And they just love themselves in a completely different way. And I know for most perfectionists, this is a really hard exercise for them. We spend a lot of time pushing through the resistance because a lot of people have never really thought about this before. They've never thought about what makes them innately unique and amazing and wonderful. And these words don't come naturally for most people, but specifically for perfectionists, I know how challenging it is. But I also remember the freedom that comes from it. I remember Erin, who when she named for herself what truly made her special, it freed her up to stop doing things that were causing her to overwork. She knew the things that she was really good at and extra special at that she could lean into and leverage. She was able to start letting go of so many other things. So she didn't feel the need to always have her door open, for example, or always be available to people because that wasn't a part of her superpower. That wasn't what made her special, always being available. It was something different. So she felt less guilty for that. She was like, I could close my door. It's okay for me to not always be available, to have my work life off for a period of time. It's okay to leave work at five o'clock, even if everybody else is in the office, because that isn't where my value lies. She was very clear on where her value lies and what she brought to her company, which was so useful for her in then beginning to do things that she knew that she wanted to do to prioritize the things that she wanted to prioritize that she had named as being most important to her. It started to happen naturally for her when she named who she was and what was amazing about herself. She was able to just naturally let go of some of the overworking, imbalanced behaviors that was causing her to not love life in the way that she wanted to. So the first thing is to practice the belief, I am enough and find all of the reasons around what makes you amazing and unique and special, no matter if you fail or are successful. So you need to practice that. The second thing is to redefine failure. Because right now your brain is trying to avoid failure like it's the plague or like it's the next COVID pandemic. (laughs) And it makes sense because you've never really told your brain otherwise. You've never thought about failure from other angles. Failure isn't inherently bad. Failure is totally neutral. You get to decide what it means. You decide if it means you're a terrible person, that you don't know what you're doing, that you're an imposter, that you're not good at your job, or you aren't a good enough mom. And of course, if you believe all those things, you're going to avoid it at all costs. Or you can think, this is really useful to me. I know exactly now what I need to do because I failed here. You could be thinking, This means that I'm an amazing person that's willing to put myself out there. You can make it mean that you are somebody that is a go-getter that's doing things and moving mountains and making things happen because you're willing to do whatever it takes to make those things happen. You actually just get to decide what failure means and what it means about you specifically. And I want you to literally write down, like think about 20 different ways that you could define failure in the positive instead of it meaning I did something wrong, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. This just might need to be an exercise that you do every day for a period of time where you are redefining for yourself 
what does failure actually mean? If it doesn't mean I'm not good enough and that I'm not good at what I do or that I shouldn't be here, what else could it mean? Pushing your brain to rewire it, to think about it differently. You can become a recovering perfectionist just like myself and so many of my clients. You can start feeling confident and like you are enough and feel true sufficiency. If perfectionism is getting in the way of the ambitious working life that you want to be leading, I can help. Reach out, schedule a free call with me. I'm going to put the link to that in the show notes as well. And working moms, don't let anything hold you back. Don't settle for a way things are, the way you have been in the past. You can be whoever you want to be moving forward. I can help you in coaching. I'd love to connect with you about it. All right, Working Moms, next week, we're going to be talking about the secret to ending that need to just get one more thing done and fill every single moment of your day with productivity. I can't wait to tell you the truth about that. All right, have a great week and let's get to it. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment and tell you about an opportunity to speak with me directly. If you've been listening to this podcast and still feel like you need help balancing a fulfilling career with motherhood, then I encourage you to schedule a free breakthrough call. On this call, we will get crystal clear on exactly what it is you want out of your career and how you want to balance that with motherhood. And then we'll craft next steps for you to start moving toward a more calm and fulfilling working mom life. Head over to www.rebeccaolsoncoaching.com forward slash book to apply for this free call. Till next week and working moms, let's get to it. Mm-hmm.